Hello there. I am back. Um, back recording my shit shit podcast. Um, I'm walking around our beautiful city centre as I do it, um, which is which is probably a mistake. Um, any previous ones I've done while trying to walk around and record have been uh, absolutely terrible. But I, I wanted to give it a go because one, I'm in the city centre outdoors um, because I'm not in work, and uh, it's it's a surprisingly surprisingly beautiful day in spite of the fact we've had the uh, the wettest July on record um, it's actually it's, it's quite it's quite pleasant it's sunny high teens and the temperature chart that being a uh, Celsius for anyone who deals in Fahrenheit um, I have no idea what that is um, and yeah high teens possibly even pushing the early 20s on the heat scale um, and it's calm it's pleasant sorry See, like, that's another thing about outdoors is you're probably going to get a lot of horrendous background noise like dirty diesel um, bus engines. But yeah, where am I, what, what am I talking about? Yeah, so it's it's a nice day. I'm not on work. The reason I'm not on work, um, as I've previously mentioned, I was doing jury duty for the last two and a half weeks. Um, but the case, the trial ended yesterday. Um, well, I still can't talk about it. Um, I can't say anything. But I am, um, yeah... Not, not an enjoyable experience. I don't really ever want to do jury duty again, put it that way. Um, and so I, I rang my job yesterday. I was like, well, I'm finished, but um, I'm going to take Tuesday off because, to be honest with you, I need a little bit of a... I need to wind down a bit. It was a it was a stressful experience, to say the least. Um, I, yeah, don't recommend doing jury duty. Um, but yeah, so I have some free time. I may as well record a shitty episode of my podcast while I'm wandering around on this beautiful, beautiful day. Um, I'm totally getting off topic already. Um, what's What's been going on? Um, well, because I've been wandering into our, our wonderful city centre, I, I might see some things while I'm walking around here. Um, but I did see some, some lovely things on the way in. Um, I saw a, a, a beautiful... Um, well, the first thing I saw actually was a, was a 296 GTB, um, which actually, as far as I'm aware, actually lives not too far from where I live now I say not too far a half an hour walk away which being Dublin a half an hour walk you can be you can go from one of the shittiest parts to one of the nicest parts um, not saying where I live is shit but it's certainly um, it's mid-table and I'm sure a person who owns a 296 GTV isn't living in a mid-table house in the suburbs like me um, they're probably somewhere living somewhere slightly more slightly more salubrious and affluent Um but yeah, anyway, the 296 GTB I saw, which the registration was, well, whatever year, 212, whatever, D296, because, um, you know, why not? Um, yeah, it's nice, it's nice to see, I, I think the 296 is a, it's it's the best looking modern, most interesting and best looking modern Ferrari since the 458, dare I say? Um, well... Um, yeah, no, I'm going to stick with that. I can't think of anything else in between. Well, I suppose the FF came after the came after the uh, the four five eight. So maybe maybe the FF. Um, but yeah, so it's good to see a, a Ferrari out in the wild, fucking slumming it with us commoners. Um, yeah, that's the fir- that's the first thing. I'm- Who's beeping? Maybe jump out of my skin there. Misuse of the horn. That is a. Uh, I think he was beeping at me because I was walking behind him as he was reversing. But um, I didn't know he was reversing. But misuse of the horn. 
one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, that's a topic for another day. And um, what else did I see? Um, I saw a rather lovely um, E39 uh, B10 Alpina 3.2. And um, now some will say, you know, go big or go home. When it comes to either an M Sport product or an Alpina product, go for the V8s. If you're going to do it, do it right. But uh, personally, the E39 M5 being an exception because you don't have any choice. But my E39, any of my any BMW I that I would personally own and have owned has had a, has had a straight six. Um, I think it's part of the character of uh, of BMW. I know they've done they dabbled in all sorts. They've done V10s. They've done V8s. They obviously have lots of four cylinders. Um, but something about a BMW with a straight six that just it's just lovely. They're lovely engines to begin with. They're so smooth and balanced. Um, so yeah, I think if I was to have an Alpina um, B10, I'd go for the 3.2 um, because it has a, a lovely, lovely smooth uh, straight six, and it was made it to a manual gearbox, which is also lovely. And um, and I'm not one to really comment on color, but um, I'm going to say it was a a dark purple of some sorts. Um, again, don't quote me on that. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, so I, I don't know, I'm not good on generations of all Jags, but I'm going to say an early 80s Jaguar Sovereign 4.2. Um, I'll post all these. Obviously, I took pictures of all these things. Um, again, sorry if you can hear me over the horrendous sound of a chugging Dublin bus diesel engine. Um, yeah, I'll post all these, these pictures of these cars I saw on... The Instagram, um, which if you are listening to this, I assume you follow me. But if you don't, car underscore no sore, that's C-A-R underscore N-O-S-A-U-R on the Instagram. Um, so, speaking of colours, um, believe it or not, there isn't a whole lot of planning that goes into this uh, into this podcast. Um, hence why I'm doing it on the fly while I'm walking around town. Um, and because I did it on the fly... Again, as much as I don't put effort into it, I do like to write some stuff down, because otherwise it really, really goes off the handle. Um, and the fact that I'm walking around doing it is risky in itself, so I said I'd best at least compile some notes. But because I did it last minute and on a whim, I had to actually go and purchase a pen. Whoever buys pens? I can't remember last time I bought a pen. But I bought a pen and a jotter. And uh, I went into Easton's to buy a pen, and... Jesus, it's just a just a regular Bic ballpoint, sixty cents. Um, but holy God, the uh, the array of colours you can now buy of Bic pens. Um, the decision. I'm an indecisive soul, put it that way. But um, oh, there's some awful looking grey grey clouds on the horizon there. Oh, come on, give us at least a day with no fucking rain. Sorry, going off top again. Um, an array of uh, of ink colours. Um, I was tempted by, by pink because because uh, real men wear pink um, but I thought pink probably not there's a nice Honda CBR Fireblade in a in a Castrol Honda um, livery I'll take, a, I'll take a photo of that um, I saw another superbike um, earlier as well it was a um, a Triumph or some description Triumph 675 or whatever um, I'm not a I'm not a bike well I like bikes but I'm just not very knowledgeable on bikes and certainly not Triumphs um, a UK registered um, Triumph being a UK bike not super super surprising um, 
nice, cool, very cool-looking superbike. Um, but or pretty, would that be a sports bike? Six hundred and seventy-five cc. Oh, sorry, there's some jackhammering. That's really going to piss everyone off. Um, yeah, nice, cool, cool bike, and it parked up and I had a look at it, and uh, he was repping some uh, some Pornhub stickers on his motorcycle because you know that's 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 cool. You know, let everyone know you watch pornography. Um, God, I've completely gone on top again. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, the colour of pens you can buy. Um, I was going to buy a pink pen because um, real men wear pink, and but I thought like I don't know I've, I'm sure you can test drive the pens, but um, I, th- I thought pink mightn't be the most mightn't be the, the easiest uh, easiest font to read. Um, I could be wrong. It could be a the, the 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 cap on the pen was a very light shade of pink. Then the ink itself might actually be a darker a darker hue. Which might have made it easier to read. Um, but anyway, I settled on um, a kind of a not your regular run-of-the-mill uh, blue bic that you normally see—that uh, that dark blue, but more of a, um, a very pale blue, duck egg blue, you, if you will. I'm trying to think of a, a car that would be of a similar shade. Maybe the that launch color that's the the Hyundai i30N came in, blue tack blue, um, maybe slightly lighter than that. Um, getting completely off topic again. Um, so yes, yeah, so I have a pen and paper and notebook um, so I don't go completely book wild and uh, lose the run on myself while I'm walking around trying to reward, record a podcast um, around what is very busy streets in Dublin City um, I guess it is actually it is lunchtime so everyone's probably on lunch because that's what people do at lunchtime I think um, fucking hell I've gone completely I think I've already gone off the rails um, what, was, what was I talking about I was talking about cars that I saw on the way in um, yeah, so I saw that Jag Sovereign it was gold Again, don't quote me on colours, um, but it looked gold to me. And what else did I see? Um, I saw a, 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 an E30 um, 320i, um, but uh, yeah, one of those Bauer converted ones, so it's not quite a convertible. I suppose you'd call it a Targa, would you? Um, which, it's, it's a car, I think they did it, what was the previous, what was the previous, to so the E30, was it the E21? Was the, was the, uh, the 3 Series before the E30, but anyway, that, that and the E30, um, you can get a Bauer converted um, car. <laughs> um, I say, not quite, a, well, something interesting up here, which I'm going to wander up and have a look at. Um, on, what street is this? Off Baggett Street. I should know these things. Going up towards Marion Square. Um, no, not Marion Square, Fristadum Square. Um, God, I'm, I'm really, really getting already off topic and rambly. Um, yeah, the, the Bauer converted BMWs were not something I was really familiar with um, up until maybe five or six years ago. Um, and there seems to be a lot of them knocking around Dublin and other parts of the world. Um, over, only in the last couple of years, like obviously they were done in period. Um, but it seems like people did got them. Um, and then... And then... Uh, T- t- like, took them away somewhere and uh, and uh, now they're all coming out so I'm getting distracted by the car I can see which is a, it's a Jaguar E-Type um, which looks like it's an Eagle converted uh, Jaguar E-Type and the owner's just got into it so I'm not going to take a picture of it because I think this is already on my Instagram but he's about to start it so we'll enjoy the aerial pleasure that that's I now realise um, for some reason just as that Eagle E-Type was um was starting up for some reason the recording stopped and um, so i was getting all excited about the fact that you were going to be able to enjoy 
the aerial experience um, with me, um, which would be a unique, a unique part. Well, unique is a strong word, but would differentiate uh, one of these outdoor walking around podcasts to just a regular sitting down inside podcasts. Um, it would have been would have been a, a full multimedia experience, but then for some reason the recording stopped. Um, as that e-type started up and as it drove away and it was all I can tell you is um, it was an aural sensation um, and it only uh, added to my uh, earlier statement about how joyous a straight six engine can be um, but um, yeah apologies um, being the idiot that I am I fucked that one up um, and I then continued on because um, I, I, I let a rather large burp um, out of my uh, one of my um, well, the only orifice that burps come out of, which is um, which is the mouth, um, um, and the reason I did that was because I um, I was saying how I just I'm not long after my lunch after also just talking about people being on lunch. What am, what am, am I t- what am I talking about? But yeah, I was I was seeing the praises of the sandwich I had, um, which is from the Green Bench Cafe. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to repeat the unrecorded ramble I went on, but um, if you like a sandwich, check out the Green Bench Cafe. It's just off Harcourt Street. I think it's Montague Street. The only caveat that I was going to say is it gets very busy from about half twelve onwards, so I get there early. Um, yes, I'm totally off topic again. This really is a terrible podcast. Um, so before the recording stopped, it was at, I think, 11, 11 and a half minutes, and we're now... We're now oh, don't think it stopped again. Has it? No, it hasn't. Um, so I've been I've been going again there for another two minutes. Jesus Christ, this is terrible. Um, I've promised for a while that um, this would improve. Um, someday, someday it will. Um, where that I was talking about the cars I saw on the way in before I got completely distracted and fucked up my recording. Um, so I was talking about those Bauer um, converted BMWs, um, which. Seem to have just come all come out of nowhere in the last few years, um, and on the BMW front as well. well I saw a an E ninety three twenty Si, um, which is probably not the the most uh, earth shattering uh, performance saloon car um, that BMW ever made, um, but it was it, it was a necessity. They had to they had to sorry I'm burping, burping again. Um, don't walk around after having such a, a heavy lunch. Oh, there's a, uh, a modified there's a Subaru or Toyota so you got the Toyota GT86 um, bumbling along Fitzwilliam Square there um, yeah with the, the, the E9320SI um, it was a it was a necessity for homologation purposes for the World Touring Car Championship I think it was something to do with something that, it was engine engine related I think it was something to do with the intake and I think it's carbon is it a carbon intake? Don't quote me on that, um, but something else the, the intake and some other gubbins in the engine, um, which they had to do to homologate to homologate the car for World Touring Car, the World Touring Car Championship time. Um, nice to see, nice to see. It's glad it didn't look like it was a a well well cared for example. It was quite tatty. Um, you don't think that someone just does someone have it not know what it is, um, which would be a shame. Then again, is it really that special? It will be. It will be in about twenty years' time, um, just because anything that's that's got some sort of motorsport provenance and is somewhat obscure um, is always 
quite pricey. I'm stopped here now beside a Volvo. Is this an XC90? XC60? XC60. Um, two, two, 202 Reg. So I assume this is the current one. Um, it's got giant wheels in it, but the, the front calipers are absolutely massive. And they say Akibono on the front of them. Um, yes, the front discs are massive. Is this some sort of special? Special XC60? XC60. Well, it has a Polestar badge on the back of it as well. It's like Polestar petals. I'll take some pictures. The back to show the badge. And then big giant Akibono brakes in front of it. Um, it's getting very overcast now. Um, the clouds are a little bit grey. It's going to rain, isn't it? It's going to rain. It's going to rain on my parade. Um, after all my excitement about it being a lovely day, um, and now it's going to—it's going it's to rain. Across the road from this XC60, there is a V8 uh, Land Cruiser, um, Amazon, which I'll take a photo of as well. I hope these photos aren't stopping or having any impact on my recording. Um, am I still recording? Yeah, I'm still recording. Good. Um, what was I talking about? Yes, sorry, the cars that I saw. Um, 320 SI. Um, so I saw... Uh, this wasn't today now, actually. It was just because I just remembered now. Um, before my my time on jury duty... Oh, oh Jesus, hang on. I'll come back to that now in a second. Um, well, on jury duty, I saw a Saab 900S, um, which was a nice saloon. Um, good to see um, but sorry yeah, what I just got distracted by here is I'm, I'm still tiptoeing around Fitzwilliam Square so after seeing that what I assume was an Eagle Fettled E-Type um, here is an original E-Type um, this time it is a the, the, the Eagle one was a Roadster um, this is a uh, a coupe red coupe um, I think a series 2 um, 1967 so ooh, that might be series 1 um, again old Jaguars not my strong point let's have a we'll do a Google I'm going to say it's 60 67 I'm going to say series 2 I just typed E-Type into Google and it came up E-Type Swedish mu- musician Bo Martin Eric Eriksson better known by his stage name E-Type is a Swedish Euro dance musician songwriter and rec- and record producer his professional name is based on the Jaguar E-Type sports car there you go 57 years old um, if you want to find out more about him you can google him yourself Jaguar E-Type um, so s- production versions series 1 oh it's a series 1 because series 1 went from 61 to 68 um, there you go so here's a late series 1 which I will take a picture of now um, E-Type um, in red which kind of works I the, the roadsters definitely look better than the uh, than the coupes. I think um, the the roof the proportions um, of the of the uh, the glass house and the roof are a bit awkward. I think, especially when it got to series three, um, but cool nonetheless. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm speaking of the high standards. That is the beauty of uh, of the Jaguar E type. Um, as I see, it doesn't look like those. It has black and grey front seats, but the rest of the interior is a is a creamy beige. Um, so I don't know if those are the original seats. They don't look original. They look like a quite, they look like a newer generation seat. Um, it doesn't seem to have any 
We just have seatbelts. Um, yeah, that's that's nice, isn't it? Nice see. Not not one, but two E types. Even if one of them was a a newer resto mod E type, but that's okay too. Um, resto mods. I think I discussed that before last week, um, and many times before probably. Um, resto resto mods are hit and miss. Um, that one I would say was a hit. Yes, so where's it going? The cars that I saw. I'll get on to something even. I'll get on to At some point, I will talk about something interesting. Um, it may not, may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but, but someday. Um, and then, probably the last thing I saw, which I'm not seeing in real time, something I saw earlier before recording the podcast, because um, you never know, we still might see something, see something else while we're wandering around here, um, was a, a 1997 Citroen Zara four-door saloon um, which to some you probably won't care about to most probably you won't care about or I don't know maybe it'll be a 50-50 split um, but it's one of those cars that obviously in period was, was quite common and now you just don't see them because um, most of them probably fell fell to scrappage schemes I don't know how unreliable um, 90s Citroens were it's kind of one of the more of those I think uh, an unfounded cliche that they're unreliable. I don't think they were reliable at all because I think they were quite simple. They're probably actually probably, probably quite reliable. Um, and that kind of will I, will, I, will I say this now or do I keep a surprise? Not that anyone's going to give a shit. Um, it's probably a bit too new to be considered, but something that I am attending this weekend, um, we should have a plethora of similar stuff of a similar um, appeal if you will um, I'm going to the Festival of the Unexceptional which is in Bourne in the UK um, which is just north of London I say just north of London it's about, a, it's about an hour and a half drive out of London city centre um, I'm flying into I'm flying into Stansted or I'm flying into Gatwick I think I'm flying into Stansted because I'm going, I'm going to London again in the middle of August for a non-car related event although I'm going for a couple of days, so I might, I, I most certainly will indulge in some uh, motoring frivolities. Because London, London is a uh, even with um, its its ever increasing restrictions, which, which I'm going to speak about later on at some point. Um, it's a bit of a mecca for for car oogling, ogling. Um, God, where was I going for that? Yeah, sorry. So I'm going to the festival of the unexceptional. Um, this weekend, flying uh, flying out on Friday evening, uh, staying in a in a Premier Inn, I believe, um, and there'll be a bit of, I'm going for a bit of a rental car roll of the dice. See what see what we get. I'm sure, it won't be anything interesting. So I went for cheap and cheerful. Um, so yeah, so I'm driving from whichever London airport I'm flying into. Um, I think it's Stansted this time. Uh, driving to my um, to my Premier Inn. And then I'm going to... I'll get up with a crack of dawn. Um, I think it's a... I don't think it's that far. I think it's like a half an hour drive from my hotel to the Festival of the Unexceptional. Um, I'm going to get there early because I'm flying out then um, Saturday evening to get back. Um, just simply because I didn't want to spend more money um, on another night in a shitty premiere in. Um, I think I'll get the full day. I'm going to get in. I think it starts at 9am, so I'll get there for 9am. Um... And I'll get that. I'll, I'll, I should be able to. I think I'll be able to push it out until about. Well, I think my flight is at. I think my flight's at half nine, so I'd have to be there. Yeah, I've lost time. I should get the full, the full experience. 
without a full experience they do give do give out awards um, at the festival of the unexceptional um, or which would abbreviate to like we were talking about last week FOSS as people seem to have seem to have abbreviated the festival of speed which is terrible so this will be what this the festival of unexceptional will be FOTU which sounds like um, some sort of Japanese cuisine um, yeah that's that's the extent of it wasn't a very exciting car week um, in any way, shape, or form. Both stuff that I did or saw, and even I just, there wasn't really a whole lot of car news really in the last week that I can really think of. Um, what has happened? Um, I was also starting to start off with that stuff about London, London and the UK. Um, there was a report there that um, uh, uh, what, what's it, UK Prime Minister sorry fucking lost her words there for a moment because the, the Viking splash uh, thing drove by me and I got distracted by it um, Richie, Richie, Richie Sunak that's the UK Prime Minister now at the moment isn't it it's hard to keep track it's a bit of a revolving door last few years UK Prime Minister um, he uh, he's kind of hinted at an easing of the of the um, the, the internal combustion engine ban in the UK from 2030 onwards Um He's not quite saying what that easing will be, um, and he said he is still steadfast on on the stopping of production of new um, internally combusted engines, engine vehicles from 2030. But he doesn't want um, he doesn't want to penalise uh, the general public with the move. Um, so I don't really know what that means. I didn't really go into any further detail than that. Um, so I don't know, we'll see. But on top of that then as well, um, London Mayor uh, Sadiq Khan, that's who's the London Mayor, isn't it? He has also said, um, he, was, he was going to be expanding ULES uh, areas to like, to the greater, greater London area. Um, ULES being the ultra-low emission zones, um, which which is a strange one because the cars that can and can't uh, going in and out of these ULEZ zones seems to be a bit of a a, a bit of a, a, a mix mash of stuff that should I don't know it's it I don't know how they exactly work it out but um, he's now saying they're looking at possibly not going on an aggressive expansion. Um, I know none of this really matters to anyone who doesn't live in London, um, which is I don't. There's probably no one listening to this. Who, uh, who lives in London? Or maybe there are. I don't know. Um, there is a E46 325 um, CI convertible. Um, is it a manual? No, it's an automatic. Um, nice to see. I see a larger straight six, which is uncommon. Straight six petrol, which is very uncommon um, in Dublin. Um, sorry. Well, yeah. So I know. I know this, it's not really of any importance to people who live who don't live in London, but. Um, I, what I suppose it will do is that like other member other I say others the UK no longer being a member of the EU but other you have to think the, the EU will certainly will certainly um, have a look at what the UK are doing um, and also make considerations there's an Alfa Brera the Alfa Brera is a great looking car I don't care what anyone says I'm sure it's not great to drive but as a piece of design it really is lovely it's manual. Does it say what engines in it? it doesn't. Um, very sooty tailpipes. So it's possibly a diesel. Um, beautiful looking car. It's got nice, nice, nice wheels. Um, does the tax disc give anything away as what engines in it? 
2.2 oh, so maybe it is a petrol unless it was, was there a 2.2 diesel I don't know um, off top of here again um, so yeah so I don't know so maybe may, yeah so if at least the UK making shifts might might mean that the EU will make shifts too um, look these bans are going to are most certainly going to are certainly going to um, come in and take a bait regardless because as it was reported there earlier today, Dublin, not Dublin, Ireland, is going to f- fall way short of their uh, of their carbon emission reduction um, targets, and um, have been set by the EU. Um, so the the easy target that is the car will 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 still be in the firing line. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with that. But I'm just reporting news that I read, and then you can make your own assumptions from it. Um, I did study journalism, but I'm clearly an idiot, um, as I'm sure you're fully aware of. Um, so less uh, less serious stuff. Um, let's get on to more. Dull. So when I'm, when I'm scouting, um, well, I'll, talk, I'm sorry, I'll continue with with stuff that's actually happened in the in the motoring world. Um, well, they haven't actually released any pictures or any details of the car itself. Um, Alfa Romeo, something's flying at me. Um, Alfa Romeo will be bringing out a new supercar um, I think it will be launched at some stage next week um, so no, no details on it it's going, to be, it's going to be a twin turbo V6 mid-engined Alfa Romeo which I think we can all agree it will be a great addition to the world um, they haven't um, I said, there's no, no pictures, no, no actual details on it yet, but they have announced that it is going to be called the Alfa 33 Um Fair enough. It's a name they use in their past, um, so it's got some provenance and heritage. Um, but I think we'll all look forward to seeing what that's going to look like. Um, where am I at time-wise? Because I've really been, as ever, rambling like a mad thing. So I'm 18 minutes in on this part, and I was 11. So what are we 20? So we're what, 30 minutes in. Not too bad. I'm gonna try and keep it under an hour. I'm pretty sure it will come in at under an hour. Um, yeah, these walking around podcasts. Um, they're certainly more difficult than when you're just sitting down. Um, but I think, I'm, I think I'm making a good effort of it. Um, you can let me know. Um, I know it's still terrible, but that's going to be a, a common a common trend. Um, here's another um, large six-cylinder. Well, I say large, but a larger six-cylinder in BMW. It's a E60 um, 523i. Uh, not an M Sport. SC, oh, no, it is an M Sport. Um, Automatic as well, unfortunately. One of those with a manual gearbox would be a nice thing. Ruinous, um, but nice nonetheless. Um, sorry, where am I going? Other news, anything else? Oh, um, I mentioned before that there's a company making, um, I don't know if you can go as far as that, rest of them all, but um, EV rallycross cars for the, is it the World Rallycross Championship? I think I assume it is, because they have, they have Sebastian Loeb driving for them, this team. I can't remember the name it was I think it's called like Spirit One Racing or something um, but yeah the, the the aesthetic design of them anyway is uh, an homage to the the Lancia Delta Integrale um, rally cars of yore um, but they were at an event I think at Lydon Hill Rallycross event at Lydon Hill uh, Lydon Hill at the weekend and one of the cars caught fire and it being an electric battery electric vehicle it was a ravenous fire which first it was one of the cars I think it was Loeb's car went up in the in the garage of the team and the fire quickly spread and ravaged the, his his uh, teammate's car and then it spread as far as the one of the team trucks 
Um, and apparently it took the um, it took the fire brigade quite an amount of time to actually put out the fire and there was a large amount of damage done and no one was hurt thankfully um, but what has happened from this is there has been a a, a pause to uh, rally cross events and a review of um, how safe um, uh, battery electric vehicles will be in um, in the rallycross format because they're obviously they don't have to go for a significant di- uh, distance, so they are they are ramped up for high performance, um, and the uh, the uh, the risks that are coming along with that um, are being reviewed because uh, while no one was hurt this time, it could have ended very badly because um, it was a pretty serious incident it appears, um, but. Um, We'll keep an eye on that. Um, what else has happened? Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so we'll kind of this will kind of let's just segue away. But that what I just spoke about the Rally Cross, and what I'm about to speak now will segue me into talking about motorsport. But um, uh, oh well, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, I'm an idiot. This is terrible. Why would anyone listen to this? Um, but uh, Laurent Rossi, um, which it, it was kind of. It kind of swept under the radar a little bit. Laurent Rossi was um, was uh, asked to step down um, by the board of Alpine um, as CEO of Alpine because um, he's been uh, a bit of a divisive figure of recent, being quite vocal about the, the F1 team and putting a lot of blame on them for. But you know, look, it's you know, it's a team effort, but putting all the blame on their uh, on their issues this season, um, calling them amateurish and stuff like that. Sorry, there's a siren's coming now, um, which will... I'll get off this street. Um, yeah, and she's, you know... Been very publicly um, harsh towards um, the, the Alpine F1 team. Um, he's been very bullish about what the what the, uh, the road car division can achieve, which apparently some of the uh, the board are kind of like, yeah, you know, he's back on the L expectations there, Laurent. Don't... Over promise and under deliver. Um, yeah, and he's just been, he's a bit of a, it seemed like, sorry, uh, sorry for the sirens. Um, it's a critical car ambulance, so, you know, we, we, we can't, uh, we can't be angry at that. Someone needs some critical care. Um, what was wrong with, yeah, so he's been, he's been asked to step down, um, which I, I, I agree with. Um, he seemed like a bit of a dick, um, who just, you know, Wanted to be the all-powerful leader, but not really lead any or lend any uh, leadership advice um, or be supportive in any way. Um, so yeah, so he's been told to step down. And um, former Ferrari Alfa Romeo engineer uh, Philippe Creef has been brought in to to uh, to steer the ship at Alpine. So um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes because um, I don't know, like I Alpine, which you know it is just a sub-brand of Renault. Um, but it's an interesting sub-brand. It is, it is essentially um, what Renault Sport was. Um, they're going to be mostly making electric vehicles going forward. But I think we can all agree that the A110 is a, is a great thing. And, um, you know, uh, my allegiance um, in Formula 1 certainly uh, leans towards other teams. But, um, you know, I don't want to see Alpine um, in the doldrums and... They certainly have been having a bad run of it in the last couple of races. Um, I think they've slipped to 
Would they be sixth in the championship now? Fucking hell, that golf is burning. A3 is burning a lot of oil. Woo! My God. <laughs> I'm choking. Um, yeah, well, we'll get on to Formula 1 in more detail in a minute. Um, just saying, while we're talking kind of motorsports, this is, although this isn't a motorsport car, um, there are links, there are links. Um, the the, the Pro, Pro Drive P25 um, has been has been given uh, to some journos to to test drive. Um, unsurprisingly, the reports are mostly positive because um, it's a it's a two door um, two door first generation uh, Impreza on steroids, which is always going to be a good thing. Four hundred plus horsepower, I think, um, and it's Pro Drive. Um, they know a thing or two about uh, setting up a car. And building race cars and such, um, although this is a road car, um, expensive thing. I think it's I think they're half a million quid, more than that maybe million quid. They're expensive anyway. Um, but yeah, it's an homage to the uh, to the P1. Hang on, we something coming up here. Is it an old BMW? It is um, that is an E34? Yeah, E34 five series. Isn't it? Take a picture of it anyway. It is. What's that say on the back? Is a five, five, five twenty-five Y. Lovely. Let's take a picture of the back of it as well. There we go. Um. Well, so, yeah. So the, the, the product thing. Um. Like when it was when it was launched, I kind of just I kind of just assumed. I haven't really thought about it since it's been launched, but I kind of assumed that it was a manual. Um. Because. Obviously, the original cars were manuals. P1 and practice of the day. Um, dual clutches weren't really a thing, and anything that did have floppy paddles, automated manuals, um, were, were certainly in their uh, their early early stages of development at that point in time. Um, getting one in an Prezza wasn't really going to be a thing. Anyway, um, yeah, I just assumed it was it was going to be a manual, which was you know was kind of kind of the resto mod thing. Um, is to have a, a manual because manuals are becoming rare, and so the rest of my audience enjoys a good manual. But um, I've got a, it's a six it's a six speed sequential, and they've gone kind of very um, late nineties, early millennium WRC on it. Um, it's it, it's a paddle sequential, but it's one paddle on the uh, on the right side of the steering wheel, and you um, you flick it, you pull it you pull it forward to go up the gears and flick it back to go down. Um, which I'd say it would take a while to get used to, um, but um, I maybe I don't know. I'm sure if because like these are these are low volume cars um, for very rich people. Um, I don't know if you could um, ask your local Pro Drive dealer if there was such a thing um, that you want a manual gearbox version rather than the sequential. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a there's there's. Money can buy you anything, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I'm sure if you really wanted one, um, I'm sure something could be arranged. Um, so anyway, that was kind of a tangent off motorsport talk. Um, other motorsport talk. So the, as I said last week, I've been finding it difficult to stay on top of um, all the all the varying uh, forms of, of international motorsport that I tried to, to keep up with at the beginning of the year. Um, but I did I did keep my eye on the on the WRC this weekend because. It was an absolutely dreadful um, uh, weekend weather-wise. So I did go see Oppenheimer and Barbie, though. Um, but 
I won't get into that because I'll go completely off topic again. Um, Oppenheim is great. Barbie is okay. I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I did keep my eye on the on the WRC, which was in Estonia, um, and it was a bit of a whitewash. Kali uh, Rovenpera, son of um, Harry Rovenpera, for those of of a, of a Gen X um, late millennial uh, or sorry early millennial age will will remember um, from back in the, the again the nineties and early millennium of WRC. Um, yeah, so he's son of Harry Rovenpera, Kali Rovenpera absolutely um, ran away with Rally Estonia I think he was um, he was uh, he was his second place was Thierry Neuville in the Hyundai um, and um, I think uh, yeah, uh, Harry or sorry Cali was uh, nearly a minute ahead of uh, Thierry Neuville um, and it also gave um, Cali Rampera an extended lead in the driver's championship I think he's I think he's well over 50 points ahead of um, of, Neuville, of Neuville in second. Um, and I, I think... Is it Lap, Lap, I'm not sure if it's Lappy third or if, or if it's uh, uh, Sebastian Auger. Um, Sebastian Auger isn't doing the full campaign, but I was having a look there. But like the only one he hasn't done was uh, the previous round, uh, the Safari Rally. Um, but yeah, Cali absolutely dominated um, Rally Estonia. He's now taking a pretty, pretty commanding lead in the in the championship. So I'm going to try and keep, I'm going to try and keep on top of uh, of the World Rally Championship because um, it is great. It is great. Uh, I did notice actually. I had uh, to watch Formula One, which I'll talk about now momentarily. Um, uh, I, I, to watch Formula One because you can't get F1 TV in Ireland. Thank you, Bernie, for putting these legacy contracts in with the uh, shitty TV broadcasters. Um, and I don't want to fork out for a full Sky Sky package, um, so I've had to resort to using Now TV. Now I know there are other um, less legitimate ways to watch to watch um, sport and F one, um, but I don't like the unreliability of those options. Um, so at least with Now TV, I know it's for the most part going to work, um, and I can watch it. I can watch it on my phone, and I can, I can be anywhere at any time. And uh, catch my live Formula One. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, I noticed. Um, so I've got the sports package, um, which funny I was interested in more sports because that gives me all the Sky Sports stations, um, and I don't watch any of them. Uh, but if you get the if you if you spend a little bit more money, because I think I, I think I pay nearly nearly forty euro a month for Now TV. Um, if you go for the Sports Plus package, which I don't know, will probably add more more onto the bill. You can get BT Sport and BT Sports, I don't know, five or whatever. Um, do actually show um, live coverage and extended highlights um, of the WRC over the whole entire weekend, um, which would be a nice thing. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I can't I can't be spending any more money on streaming services. Um, so anyway, where was, where was I going? Formula One. So the Formula One was at the Hungaro Ring um, weekend just gone. Um, the biggest, as I mentioned previously, the biggest um, new story going into the weekend was the return of Daniel Ricciardo and the ousting of Nick DeFries from AlphaTauri. Um, and obviously the pressure was going to be on because if uh, Danny didn't perform, um, 
although he, you know, I think you would have to give him a race or two and um, to fully prove himself. Um, but the way the world works these days, if he didn't perform and beat Yuki out of the gate, um, the critics will be on him like a like a like a lamb to the slaughter. Um, sorry, get him burping. Still, the aftermath of my delicious sandwich. Um, but um, yeah, he did. He, he in practice, practice was very um, hit and miss. Another factor of, of the Danny Rick thing as well is that people are saying it's also um, it's going to be a test bed as to who takes the second Red Bull seat. Um, with people saying Perez is on on thin ice because he's had a difficult time of it recently. Um, so yeah, free practice. Um, the first practice was wet, and um, I think it was only four minutes in to free practice one. Um, Perez stuck the red bull into the wall, um, which wasn't great, which curtailed um, FP1 because the red flag- flags were brought out and it was wet. So there wasn't much to be gathered from free practice one. Free practice two, um, again, was a bit a bit of a misnomer because people were doing altered altered runs because they didn't get a lot of time in FP1. Um, but anyway, when, it came down to pu- when push came to shove uh, qualifying, um, so they were trying out a new format in qualifying this weekend as well. Um, that you had to it's in, in, in an attempt to reduce the amount of um, tyres they bring to the to each race um, what they decided to do with that you have to use you have to use the hard compound in Q1 you had to use the medium compound in Q2 and you had to you had to use the soft tyres in uh, Q3 um, and what they hope this will do is like so it's I think that works it makes it so that each driver has two less sets uh, per weekend, I think overall it works out at three thousand eight hundred less tires being transported around the globe per season, um, which obviously in weight terms would uh, be significant, and that means then less CO two generally in the manufacturing. Blah blah. blah. Um, it's only been trialed so far, um, but what it did is like so in free practice, um, people were being a bit cagey because they wanted to try and save tires for qualifying in the race. Um, so it kind of minimised the amount of running that was done in practice so for people at the track that probably wasn't great um, but then what it did do is um, the, the forcing cars to use compounds in uh, in each qualifying session um, did end up giving us a bit of a mixed grid because um, like you really had to make a decision whether you were going to set up really, you know, go aggressive and set up the car for qualifying um, or set up the car for the race um, which gave us a surprise uh, pole sitter um, out of nowhere uh, Lewis Hamilton managed to get pole position um, I think he beat Max by was it 0.3 or was it 0.003 and it was a very close margin and um, he got on pole by um, with Max in second who had a scruffy last lap um, then uh, again probably could have done better but Lando Norris continuing um, their very good form um, at McLaren managed to get third and his teammate Oscar Piastri was fourth and uh, fifth was who was fifth oh Perez I think no who was fifth was it Leclerc no it wasn't Leclerc I can't remember now anyway yeah it's the the two Ferraris were like seventh and eighth I think and um, Perez was ninth um, and anyway, anyway sorry it was a mixed upgrade like George Russell went down Q1 he ended up qualifying 18th I think um, Danny Rick managed to he beat Yuki Tsunoda Yuki didn't get out of Q1 
Um, Danny made it to Q2 and he qualified 13th. Um, so f- his first protocol, um, he, he executed it pretty well. Um, anyway, then, so we had a bit of a mixed up grid going into the race, um, which gave a lot of, um, you know, added to the hype going into the race. Um, but then from, from lights out, uh, Max took the lead. Um, Piastri, um, while like Norris was trying to battle um, with Max and Lewis going into the first corner, um, Piastri um, went around, overtook the inside line going into the first corner and managed to take both Lewis and Lando um, and almost almost getting up alongside Max going into the first corner. Um, so, so he managed to get into second at the start. Um, Lewis or Lando stayed in third and Lewis dropped back to fourth um, from pole which wasn't great um, and then yeah so like so the there was a mixed mash of uh, tyres um, some, people, some people were starting on the hards like Perez um, and a few others further down the grid and Russell um, and then there was a mixture of soft and mediums um, but anyway it ended up being a two stop race for everybody Um which was good again, which 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 you know does give a, an opportunity to mix things up. But after Max took the lead, um, there wasn't a whole lot then of, of exciting racing, to be honest. And it was a bit of a damp squib. Um, it was okay, but it was a decent enough race compared to some others this season. Um, but um, yeah, so um, at, at the first stops, um, Lando managed. He did he bit it first, so he he managed the undercut and he got ahead of Piastri, um, which some people were kind of going, "Oh my god." A disadvantaged Oscar, and he's getting he's getting penalised again, like Silverstone. But initially, you could have agreed with that. But then, like Lando um, ran off into the distance and was a good. He was ended up being a good thirty seconds ahead of Piastri at the end, and Piastri dropped back to fifth by the end of the race. Um, still a decent effort by him, um, considering he is still a rookie. Um, he is he is holding his own. Um, he's, he's, there aren't that many. Uh, well, there's a couple of rookies on the on the on the grid. There's there's Piastri. There's Sergeant. Uh, do we have any other rookies? Um, anyway, he's definitely he's having a good season. He's having a good season. He's having a better season even than some non rookies. Is Piastri? Um, but then yeah. So um, oh yeah. Also at the start, um, Guan Yu Zhou. Sorry, that's who was fifth. Guan Yu Zhou had a great qualifying. Alpha had a great qualifying. I think Bottas might have been eighth um, or tenth. He was anyway, he was in he was in Q three anyway. Bottas as well. But um, uh, from fifth, Guan Yu Zhou had a terrible start, completely bogged down, um, and fell back. Um, and then going into the first corner, um, he ran into the back of Danny Rick, um, who in turn then kind of uh, caused the two Alpines to collide. Um, so the Alpines were kind of an innocent party, as was Danny Rick. Um, the, so when the two Alpines collided, the damage was so bad to two cars, they had a double DNF Um so that goes back to the uh, the troubles I was discussing that Alpine are having um, of late. Um, a WDNF, not great. And again, I think they've slipped back to the fifth. So we have Red Bull, Red Bull, Aston, Mercedes. I think they might have fallen behind McLaren, so they might be sixth. Anyway, they're having a dismal time. Um, and also then for Danny Rick, after him qualifying 13th, that put him last on the on the road which was 18th with the two Alpines gone gone down um, so he had to pit early um, because of that that uh, that incident he had um, he switched from the mediums onto the hards um, he did a very short stint on the hard tyre he wasn't really feeling it. I think he did 11 laps on the hard and he pitted around I think it was lap 30 um, to go back onto a second set of mediums 
um, and he actually managed to take those mediums to the end um, and he finished 13th um, again finishing ahead of Yuki um, despite being being pushed down to the back of the grid at the start um, and finishing where he qualified again despite that incident at the start so I don't think the Alvarez would have been, would have been uh, fighting for points anyway because um, there, there was only three retirements in total and the two Alpines and um, Sargent then um, after, after a spin they retired the car a couple laps before the end and the Williams um, yeah I don't think they would have been fighting for points because the points based positions were, were filled up by uh, the top uh, six teams uh, top five teams even six so like, yeah, yeah Perez Perez started ninth um, he managed to bring uh, recovery drive he managed to get he managed to get up to third um, he was catching Lando for second but he didn't quite have what it took to, to get him in the end um, so it was Max Lando uh, Checo uh, fourth was Lewis fifth was who was fifth oh Piastri sixth was was it Russell in the end I think Russell managed to get back up to sixth yeah he did didn't he uh, Russell um, actually well Russell actually he, he got sixth because Charles Leclerc um, got a five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane um, he was speeding in the pit lane and then when he actually stopped they had a sticky uh, uh, left rear wheel um, and the, the pit stop was nearly 10 seconds long which doesn't sound like a lot of time but that's a long time in F1 pit stops um, so he got a five second penalty um, and Russell finished I think with three and a half seconds behind or actually less than that he was quite close to the end but about a second or so behind uh, Charles but because Charles had the penalty he leapfrogged him so Russell was sixth uh, Charles was seventh uh, Science was eighth ninth was you finished ninth points who was in the last point oh sorry ninth was Alonso and tenth was Stroll um, Aston Martin um, seemed to have uh, fallen backwards somewhat um, I don't know whether it's it was like teams around them McLaren uh, to, to McLaren mostly and to an extent Mercedes have taken a bit of a leap forward and ever since they, they brought in new tyre compounds at Silverstone um, which seems to have had an effect on the Aston Martin as well so what has been a very promising opening this season for Aston Martin um, they seem to be uh, going backwards um, then probably the, the biggest like um, story well, I'll say, like, the one that people ran with the most because um, again it wasn't the most exciting race um, that was ran with afterwards was on the podium the infamous uh, Hungarian Grand Prix they have these lovely porcelain trophies um, Lando has a tradition when he isn't because he's had a few podiums now it, he he smacks the champagne ball off the ground so it gives it an increased spray um, as, as they do as they spray the champagne on the podium um, he, he, he smacked it off the, the, the top step um, as, he, as he normally does but that caused uh, Max's uh, winner's trophy to fall over and smash um, and that was kind of then the, uh, the <laughs> social media hashtag um, viral news story that's kind of been uh, been been circulating the last couple of days because um, nothing else major really happened. Um, so yeah, so that was the the, the Formula One. Um, we it was a double header, um, so Spa is this weekend. Um, Spa is always great, um, just because it's a fucking epic, if not the most epic racetrack on the calendar. Um, does have a tendency to rain and spa um, although thankfully Europe is going through a bit of a heat wave at the moment because I think everyone would kind of like a dry race because well one a few years ago they weren't even able to have the race it was that rainy 
Um, but obviously, um, that Dutch driver who this is terrible. I can't quite remember his name. That young Dutch driver in Formula something or other. Um, sorry, that's very disrespectful. But we all know who I'm talking about. Uh, that poor young young lad, that 18 year old driver who died in Spa um, a couple of weeks ago during a wet race. Um, um, has, has caused a lot of concerns about the track. So while no major changes have been made to the track, I think at the very least people are going to hope it's 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 dry because if it's a wet race, yeah, um, that could get a bit controversial and a bit scary and a bit dangerous. Um, so let's hope for a dry and safe um, weekend at Spa uh, this coming weekend. Um, no doubt Max will run away with it because um, he had an incredible race uh, there last year, starting from the back of the grid after after a dismal qualifying, and he went on to win the race nonetheless um, but it's, it's usually a, it's usually great racing throughout the grid at Spa um, I say because it's, it's such a the nature of the track lends itself to good racing um, so we look forward to Spa this weekend um, yeah so I'll, I'll be back Saturday night so I'll be able to watch the race in the comfort of my own home on Sunday after going to Foto um, yeah um, so uh, that's that's really all we have to look forward to oh, well I say only look forward to I have a I have a relatively um, entertaining weekend lined up with all of that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll wrap up my unbelievable rambling. So I'm on 45 minutes now on this part and about 11 minutes. So we're, we're just under the hour, thankfully. Um, I don't have any recommend- recommendations because I realised I didn't write any, anything down, any classified songs or YouTube channels um, off the top of my head. YouTube channels, um, what I've been watching recently. Um, MKBHD um, just off the top of my head he's a very successful YouTuber as you're probably well aware of him he does tech reviews check him out um, one of his most recent viral videos he bought an unboxed um, first generation iPhone um, for $40,000 um, which is a lot cheaper than um, a 4 gigabyte unopened first generation iPhone uh, sold at an auction in the US there a few days ago for $190,000 so you kind of got a bit of a bargain there um, classify find of the week I don't know um, there's a there's a there's a day in Matthias on Dundale and um, song of the week um, just because it was the last song I listened to before I started recording this podcast um, Deftones um, change bracket in the House of Flies but the acoustic version of the uh, special edition of White Pony um, check that out um, okay so I'm going to stop rambling now because I'm very much pushing the hour um, thank you for listening to this absolute bollocks um, I'll try and improve and have less bollocksology going forward Um, but if you have listened I love you very much and uh, be safe be well I'll talk to you again soon bye